Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! Well, today I want to talk to you about the choices that create joy in your life with a message I've titled, Choose Joy. Choose Joy. Can we say that together? Choose Joy. You know, this word joy is found everywhere during the Christmas season. We see it in advertisements. We see it in the windows of the stores. We even see it on people's lawns, the big letters that spell out joy. We hear it in the songs. We just sang one. We see it in the Christmas cards. And you will see this word joy around Christmas more than any time of the year. But what is joy? And why is it so important? Well, Christianity is a joyful faith. Jesus actually said, I've told you these things so that your joy would be full to the point of overflow. And in the Bible, in the story of the first Christmas story, the word joy is used eight different times. It's the major theme of Christmas. It's why we say Merry Christmas and not Scary Christmas, right? Why? Because it's a party. It's a celebration. It's a birthday party for the birthday boy. It's not a funeral. It's a party. What is joy? Well, we know it's an emotion. It's a feel-good emotion, but it's, it's far more than any emotion, and it's much different than happiness, isn't it? Happiness depends on what happens to you, your external circumstances. Happiness goes up and down according to your circumstances, but joy, on the other hand, well, that's a choice. You choose joy. Happiness is based on all the external happenings in your life, but joy is based on internal character. That's why someone can go through loss and pain and heartache and setbacks, but still hold on to their joy. Um, Happiness is fleeting. It's fleeting depending on your circumstances, and I was reminded of that a few years ago when I took my family to Disney. I mean, it's called the happiest place on earth, right? And I kind of believe that. When you're there, you're kind of in this world where you get happy. And the kids light up and the kids loved it. But when you walk out of Disney, you're not so happy. Because that mouse knows how to empty your pockets. Can I get an amen for everybody who's been to Disney? So happiness is temporary. It's temporary. It's good when you have it, but it doesn't last. Joy, on the other hand, is eternal. It's long-term. As I was prepping and studying for this, I I came across this this quote defining joy from the book Choose Joy by Kay Warren, and she says this, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail in my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything will be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. Wouldn't it be great if we had joy all the time? Wouldn't the world be a much better place 
If nobody was cranky at your Christmas dinner, if nobody was grumpy, come on, somebody, nobody was attacking one another, trying to cancel out each other because we believe different, if no one was judging one another and putting others down, if everyone had joy, the world would be such a nicer place, but the truth is we don't. You don't have it all the time, and I don't have it all the time. Why? Because life drains it out of us, doesn't it? Life happens, and it drains it out pretty quickly and easily. It drains us from our joy because there are things that come along our life that try to steal our joy. I call them joy stealers. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, and the Bible talks about them. Question for you, do you know what's stealing your joy? Do you know what's stealing your joy? I want to look at what I believe is the top joy stealer in our lives. The number one thing that steals the joy out of your life is anxiety. Anxiety. And I believe we can all identify with that. In the last couple years, anxiety has been at an all-time high. Stress has been at an all-time high. Worry has been at an all-time high. We get stressed out. We get tense. We get nervous, we get fearful, we get worried, and anxiety robs us of our joy. What happens is we run ourselves into the ground often, we focus only on the negative, and we forget to go to the joy giver himself. When anxiety comes in the front door, joy, most of the time, runs out the back door. And in the first Christmas story, this was a common theme. Now, we wrongly believe that the first Christmas was all nice and pretty, nice, and there was nothing wrong, but the opposite is the truth, because the first Christmas was pretty stressful. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of hardships, and it wasn't as pretty and, and cute as we see in the nativity scenes and, and the beautiful Christmas cards that we get. No, no, there was a lot of stress especially for this young girl named Mary. She was around 15 years old, 15 years old when the angel appeared to her and said, Mary, you're going to become pregnant with the Son of God, right? She was confused. She was afraid. She was stressed. The first virgin birth, how was she going to explain this to her mom and dad? You ever think about that? Better yet, how would she explain this to her fiancé, Joseph? We'll call him Joe for short. Is that okay? How was she going to go to her fiancé, Joseph, and say, Joseph, an angel appeared to me, and I'm pregnant. And Joseph looks at her and said, who's the daddy? And she says, God. <laughs> He's going to be like, yeah, right. Who you been shacking up with? Come on now. And so we see that Mary had a lot of stress. This stress was created, and she was this young, single teenager in this small town. Everybody was talking about her. She was misunderstood. She was ridiculed. You know, at the local coffee shop, I believe it was called Hebrews, all the housewives of Nazareth were gossiping about her. Did you hear about Mary? Did you hear she said an angel appeared? Did you hear that she said she is pregnant? 
And one girl's like, yeah, right. She's shacking up with the young teenager at the end of her street, right? So she was talked about. She was misunderstood, and she dealt with a lot of anxiety. And then a few days before she gives birth to the Savior of the world, she gets on a donkey and makes a two- to three-day journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, about 90 miles it would, it would take to get there. Now, question, is there, is there any woman here that would want to ride a donkey the last few days of your pregnancy? I don't think so. It's a wonder that her water didn't break. Come on now. And she gets to Bethlehem to find out all the hotels are filled. There was a census going on at that time, so there was a heavy population in, in Bethlehem at this point. And Joseph and Mary get to the hotel, and they ask the innkeeper, is there any room here for us? And he goes, no, there's no room. There's no room at all. We are full. There is no room in the inn. But I do have a little barn out back. And it, there's some barn animals in there, but there's some straw in there, and you guys can go hang out there. And he turned away. Think about this. You turned away the son of God from being birthed in your hotel? Can you imagine how he was kicking himself once he found out who Jesus was? I mean, can you imagine the advertisement he could have had going for him? The savior of the world was born in my hotel in this room. <laughs> I mean, he missed it. You talk about missing Christmas. This guy missed Christmas. So there they are in this stable with barn animals, no heat. And that night, this young teenage girl who never had a relationship with a man delivers her own baby without her mother there, without her aunts there, without any family members there. There were no doctors. There were no midwives. They were all alone. Oh, what a blessing to be chosen, but also what a burden to carry. Hmm? This had to produce some great anxiety for Mary. It had to, but I want you to see the choice that Mary made when anxiety tried to rob her of her joy. When Mary was afraid, she chose to trust God and accept his plan. When Mary was scared, when Mary was afraid, when she was stressed out and worried about what are, what are people going to think, how did this happen? Oh my gosh, on and on. She chose to trust God and accept his plan. And this is what we need to do. We need to choose to trust God and accept his plan for our life. Let's read part of the story. Luke's gospel, chapter one, verse 26 says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village, a village in Galilee, to a young virgin named Mary. At that time, Mary was legally engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Suddenly, an angel appeared to Mary and said, Greetings, highly favored woman. The Lord is with you. Frightened and disturbed by this, Mary wondered what the angel could possibly mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You have been chosen by God for his purpose. I love that last line. You have been chosen by God for his purpose. I just want to take a second right now and tell everybody here, you have been chosen by God for his purpose. And whether you realize that or not, he created you. He created you. He knows you best. And he's got a purpose and a plan for your life. Let's continue reading. Verse 31 says, 
The angel continued, you will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Your child will be the greatest, the son of the most high God. He will sit on David's throne as king forever, and his kingdom will never end. Then Mary asked, how, but how is this possible? I've never slept with a man. The angel replied, God's Holy Spirit and his creative power will overshadow you. So your baby will be the holy son of God. It will be a miracle, just as your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age, for nothing is impossible with God. Come on, let's say that together. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, given all that we have just read, if you were Mary, you'd probably be a little anxious too, right? I think we all would if we were honest. But my question for you today on this Christmas is this. What are you anxious about this Christmas? What has you up at night? What has you worried? What has you stressed? What has you afraid? Are you worried about your finances? Has it been a tough year financially for you? Are you worried about your kids and their future and the decisions that they're going to make? Are you worried about your marriage? What, what are you worried about? For someone, you may be worried, will I ever get married? And for others, it's, will, I, will my marriage even stay together in this new year? For some, you're worried about losing your job. For others, you're worried about this next year. It's not too much of a happy new year for you. For others, they may be worried about this pandemic and this virus. What are you worried about? Because worry is essentially a control issue, isn't it? It's trying to control the uncontrollable, and we can't do it. We can't control the economy, so we worry about the economy. We can't control our children, most times. Sometimes we can. So we worry about our children. We can't control our future, so we worry about our future. And we can't control this pandemic, so we worry about this pandemic. I don't know what you're worried about. I don't know what has you stressed. I don't know what anxiety is trying to rob you of your joy, but I do know the antidote. I do know. It's the same one that Mary had to apply to her life in her moment of worry, and it's this. You have to trust God and accept his plan. You have to trust God and accept his plan. That means you take everything you're worried about and you place it in God's hand because he is bigger than us and he knows us. His plan is better than ours. Let the one that created you be the one you lean to when you don't understand, when you're afraid, when you're worried. Trust his plan. You won't always be able to figure it out, but you got to choose to trust him when you can't track him. That's why we are not a people of fear. We are a people of faith, the Bible says. We are to walk by faith and not by sight, not by feelings. We're a people of faith. And I don't always have the power to control every situation or circumstance that happens to me, and you don't either, but you always have the power and the choice to surrender that anxiety to God. We always have it. And that's exactly what Mary did on the first Christmas. The first Christmas speaks to us today. 
She said this in verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing, watch this, to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left her. That's a pretty mature response for such a young teenage girl. Hmm? I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. That was her response to God. Let me ask you, have you ever said that to God? Have you ever said that? God, I'm willing to accept your plan for my life. I've tried to do life by myself. I've tried to figure it all out, and I just get into a worry. I stress. I'm driven by anxiety. Have you ever said, I'm willing to accept whatever you want for my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hmm? Because my Bible says that God can even take the bad situations and bring glory out of it and bring good out of it if you trust him and accept his plan for your life. If, if you've never said that to God, it may be why you walk in worry and stress and anxiety all the time, which really impacts the whole household, which really impacts everybody that's around you, coworkers, family, and friends. It could be the reason you walk in fear and are stressed out. Friends, you have to make the merry decision today. You have to make the merry decision or you will not be able to live out the life of joy that the Bible talks about. You will live a life of worry, fear, stress, full of anxiety. At some point in your life, you have to come and say, I don't get it all. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to trust God. He said, I'll be the alpha and the omega. What that means is I started your life and I'll be there when your life ends. So if he's the author and the finisher of our life, he's going to take care of everything else in between. And that's why we have a faith that holds us together when anxiety and worry tries to take us out. In a culture, in a society that is driven by that, especially in the last two years, people of faith, we have to choose joy. It's a choice. I have to choose it every day. You have to choose it. And what is the result when we say, I'm going to trust you, even when I can't see the next step? Even when, when I can't see what's around the corner, I, I'm going to trust you even when I'm afraid, like Mary was, even when stress comes into my life, even when I can't see a way out. What is the result? The result is always joy. It's always joy. Look at what Mary said. She said, my spirit finds its joy in God, my Savior. You find joy in Jesus. You find joy in Jesus. You, you have to make the choice today. I don't know what kind of year you've had, but you can make a decision today to choose joy in spite of your circumstances, in spite of your hardships, in spite of the pain, in spite of the loss. You too can choose joy. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that the first Christmas that we can glean from the life of Mary, who was afraid, stressed out, and full of anxiety. It describes 
many of our lives right now, God. For some of us, it's been a tough year. It's been a challenging year. But by the grace of God, we're still here. And we're grateful, God. We're grateful we're here. We're grateful we're with family and friends. We're grateful that we can celebrate the greatest gift ever, Emmanuel, God with us, that you're with us. You're with us in the valley of our life. You're with us on the mountaintop. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. And we are grateful, God. Our heart is filled. So, Lord, we exchange stress for joy. We exchange anxiety for joy. We exchange worry for joy right now. Right now, in this moment, Holy Spirit, we invite you in. We invite you in. We release the worries. We release the stresses. We're not making it any better by worrying about it. So we trust you, God, and we trust your plan for our lives. You know, this time of the year, we see and hear all sorts of Christmas messages from the commercials on TV to the billboards to the songs we sing. But for the one who invented Christmas, there's only one message that really matters. God wants to share eternity with us. That's what Christmas is all about. God sent his son from heaven down to earth to die for our sins upon that tree. I know your Christmas tree is bright with all the lights and the ribbons and the bows and the gifts, but I want you to know tonight that baby in the manger, he had a tree in his future too. Not beautifully decorated, no. This tree, it would be stained with his own blood. The gift under this tree would be eternal life. Eternal life for those who call upon the name of the Lord. Those who are feeling hopeless. Those who are feeling fearful. Jesus wants to come in today. And we want to pray with you today, inviting you into this relationship. You say, well, I, I'll, I'll pray that prayer when I fix my life and get it all together, and then, then I'll come. No, no, no. You come as you are. God accepts you just the way you are, and he loves you so much that he's going to walk with you through the change. He's going to walk with you through the spiritual steps that you're going to take, and he's not going to leave you. No, no, no. He's, he doesn't get mad at us. No, he's madly in love with you tonight. If you're here, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and you're far from God, you know you need to make a decision to accept Christ into your life, or maybe you're here and you need to surrender once again to that relationship. I want you to know, I don't know of a greater time of the year to give Jesus your life, to trust God and his plan for your life. I don't know of a greater birthday present that you could give the birthday boy, Jesus than giving him your life tonight. Throughout the last two days, dozens and dozens of people have said yes to Jesus. I don't know where you're at with God, but I do know this. He has you here for a purpose tonight. And he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. 
So if you're here tonight, you say, Jacob, that's me. I, I need to invite Jesus. I need to unwrap that gift under the tree, the gift of eternal life, salvation. Or you're here and you say, I need to rededicate my life. I need to commit it once again to Jesus. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and we're not here to embarrass anybody or call you up or make you stand up, but before we pray with you, I just want to see who I'm praying for today. If you say, that's me, Jacob, that's me, just wave your hand at me real quick. Just wave it at me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just wave it at me. I see those hands over here. I see those hands in the very back. I see them in the middle here. Just wave it at me. Just wave it at me a little bit. Thank you, guys. Thank you. If you're thinking about it, if you're wondering, am I right with God? I want to make sure you're right with God. Because tomorrow's not promised to no man, the Bible says. So if you're thinking about it, should I, should I not? Just go ahead and lift up that hand. Come to Jesus tonight. He takes you as you are. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for all those hands up. Yeah. Awesome. Let's say this prayer, church. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you died upon that cross for my sins to give me eternal life. I receive you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Somebody put your hands together and celebrate with heaven. Come on. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.